Luke chapter 15, I want to read four verses begin, beginning at number 11. Luke chapter 15, beginning to read at verse number 11. Certainly desire your prayers tonight. Luke chapter 15, verse 11, it says this, And he said, A certain man had two sons. And the younger of them said to his father, Father, give me the portion of goods that falleth to me. And he divided unto them his living. And not many days after, the younger son gathered all together and took his journey into a far country. And there wasted his substance with riotous living. And when he had spent all, there arose a mighty famine in, the, in that land, and he began to be in want. You may be seated. Father God in heaven, Lord, as we bow in your presence tonight, Father, we're thankful for your holy word. We're thankful, Lord, for the scriptures that you've allowed us to read and comprehend and see with our own eyes tonight. Thankful, Lord, for your sweet spirit that we felt here. Your presence has been among your people. Thank you, Lord, for these young ladies and these that play and God would minister in song. God, we appreciate them tonight. Father, we pray now that you'd send us help from heaven. God, that you'd use us. God, that you'd bind us all together. Lord, that we'd come together in one mind and one accord. And Father, we pray tonight, Lord, that you'd just help the one, Lord, that needs help. God, that the one that has a need, God, that you'd meet them right where they're at tonight. Help us, Lord, to preach in the power of your Holy Spirit tonight. Father, we pray, Lord, that you'd take this stammering tongue and take these broken words. And God, that you'd use them for your glory and for your benefit. And God, that someone would be benefited here tonight. Father, we love you. We thank you and praise you. Give you glory and honor. And it's in Jesus' name we pray. And amen. Now, I know that this is a very familiar passage of Scripture to each of you. No doubt uh, we've all heard probably perhaps this passage of Scripture preached uh, multiple times. I know that I've preached uh, multiple times myself uh, from uh, this passage of Scripture. And it's known as uh, the prodigal son. Uh, no doubt that that rings a bell. No doubt that, that that sounds familiar to each of you, the prodigal son. And you, you know uh, what that word prodigal means. You know the word prodigal is not used in the Bible. It's not there. You'll not find the word prodigal in the Bible. But you'll find the concept of it. You'll find the definition of it. You'll find the meaning of prodigal in the Bible. And simply what it means tonight, it means to live a life that's wasted. To live a life that is, that is uh, thrown away, basically. Uh, to live a life that, that is fruitless. To live a life that's gone out here, separated yourself from, the world, from, from God and living like the devil. Living worldly. Living carnally, if you will. You'll not find that word prodigal in the Bible, but you will find the definition of that word in the Bible. Now notice in, in verse number 12, you'll see where this son, he got what he wanted. Do, do you not see that in verse number 12? Look, it said, And the younger of them said to his father, Father, give me the portion of goods that falleth to me. And he divided. Now the, it says, that, And he, he here being the father, no doubt, it says, And he divided unto them his living. 
So we see that this son got what he wanted. He got what he asked for. But you know, a lot of times uh, we got to be careful what we ask for. We may get something that, that we don't want. We may, it may look good to us on the surface. It may look good to us on the outside. But we ought not have no part of it. I believe this young man did not even realize what he was asking for. But he got what he wanted. Now you think about that. He got what he wanted. Now, there was a couple things wrong with this. But, but simply this. We, we know that this is the, the younger of the two brothers. And we know that during in, in these times, and it, it was it was the eldest son that was to receive the inheritance, and he was to split the inheritance to the other siblings according to the will of the father. So he was not even. Now you could you imagine? I cannot imagine myself going to my daddy. My daddy's still alive, and asking. Dad, give me the things that, you, that you've got wrote up for me. And I don't even know if they've got a will. It don't even matter to me. But could you imagine going to your father, going to your mother, and asking those things of your father? I can't even imagine that. But this man had the boldness. And, and, and he, he done just that. But we see that uh, the, the eldest son should have received uh, the inheritance. And not only that, the inheritance should have come after the father had died. This man is still alive. His daddy's still alive, and, and yet he give to him what he asked for. He got what he asked for. Now, in verse number 14, notice this. You'll find uh, that he, the Bible says that he, uh, basically he squandered it all. It says, and when he had spent all, in other words, he was left with nothing. Now, I believe this. I believe that what this man had given to his son, I believe it was a, gener a generous portion of goods. It doesn't say what all he, he got. It doesn't, say, it doesn't spell it out and say what all uh, th this young uh, man received. But I believe it was a generous portion of goods. And the Bible says that he spent all. He squandered every bit of it. He was left with nothing. He had absolutely nothing to show for what the father had given to his son. Now you think about this. I'm, I'm convinced tonight that our fleshly desires will always cause us to do away with the things of God. It will cause us to, to squander the blessings of God. Our fleshly desires, if we go out here and we lust after the flesh, we go out here and we live according to the world, we're going to miss out on opportunities that God has for you, God has for me. We're going to miss out on the blessings that God has for you and me if we chase the desires of the flesh. Now, you think about this. I, I believe... No doubt we, we understand and know that, thank God, I, I looked and seen the, the end of the chapter. Thank God that He come back. Thank God that, that He was uh, brought into to restitution. He was restored, if you will. Thank God that we serve a forgiving God. My goodness, you think, how many times have I failed? How many times have you failed? Multiple times. Probably yet today, multiple times today. Thank God we serve a God that's forgiving. Thank God that we serve a God that we can find ourselves upon our knees and ask for forgiveness and know that He's going to forgive us when we ask. You know, there's nothing that you can't be forgiven of. Now, the Bible speaks about that one thing, and that, that's simply this, the blaspheming of the Holy Spirit. If we neglect and refuse the Holy Spirit in our heart and our life, there is no forgiveness for you. But there's, beside that, there is absolutely nothing that you can do that God won't forgive you of. Thank God. My goodness, you think. I, I know my past. 
I know my faults, my failures, my mistakes like nobody else does. Thank God I serve a God today that's faithful and just to forgive me. I've got to go back and ask. There's multiple times throughout the day that, Lord, forgive me. I've said something maybe I shouldn't have said. I've done something maybe I shouldn't have done. I've said this, I've done that. Whatever the case may be. But thank God there's a God in heaven that's faithful to forgive us of our faults and our failures and our sins. We know that we serve a a forgiving God. We know that we serve a a righteous God. And the second, you think about that, the second chance God. Not only a second chance but a third and a fourth and a fifth and a sixth. You go right on down the list. Thank God that He's always there. There's never been a time that I've come to Him and said, Lord, forgive me. And He said, forget it. You've done too much. You've gone too far. That you, you've, that, that's the last straw. It's over. I've never gotten there. And I don't think I ever will. Thank God. It talk, you think about that. that there's a song that... Uh, Roger Keenan used to sing the well of grace. And the Bible says, Paul said it was even sufficient for him. Thank God it's sufficient for even me. I know who I am. And I know what I need. And thank God Jesus is all I need tonight. But you think about this. I'm, I thought about, you know, there, there, no doubt that this young man, uh, I, I believe this, if, if you have a relationship with God, and you choose for whatever reason to walk away from the Lord, turn your back on the Lord, and, and, and maybe later on down the road you, you come back, thank God we look and see the, the, the prodigal son here. I read the last few verses of chapter 15, and I know that he came back into the right relationship with, with the Father. But let me just say this, if you choose to go out here, you've got a relationship with God, you choose to turn your back on the Lord, and go out here and, and squander it all basically, and you come back, there, there's going to be some things that you're going to miss out on. There's going to be some things that, that you're, you're going to leave behind, basically, if you, if you will tonight. Now you think about this. I'm thankful for the conclusion of this chapter. Thankful for the concluding verses of chapter number 15. There's some things, you know, there's some things that that young man left out there in the hog pen of life. There's some things that he'll never get back. You think about that. Though he, it's not about a, a relationship issue. It's a fellowship issue, if you will. Now, this young man didn't have to get saved a second time. You only get saved one time. It's not about a relationship. It's about a fellowship. You think about that. And we see this young man, no doubt, he left things out in the hog pen of life. He left things out in the world that he'll never get back. You think about that. I want you to notice this in verse, in verse, number, uh, in verse number 30, I believe it is. Look over in verse number 30 with me, if you will. And now, this is after he come back. We didn't read these verses, but notice, this is after the young man come back. And look, this is concerning the elder brother. Notice this. He says, But as soon as this thy son was come, which had devoured thy living with what? Harlots. Hey, you know what he left out there that he'll never get back? 
His innocence. You think about that, young people. I'm t- Listen, it's okay. Let me just say this. You, you pray for me tonight. You bear with me. But I'm convinced tonight it is still okay in April of 2021 for a teenager to be a virgin. You think about that tonight, church. It's important to me tonight. You think about that. He lost his innocence. Something he'll never get back. Listen, young people, if you choose to go out here and you choose to climb into bed with whatever's coming and going, you'll never get that back again. You think about it. You know what I believe we need to do? Keep our britches up and stay out of the bed. You know what? For whatever reason, the the last uh, three messages that the Lord has given me, this has come out. Either somebody didn't get it the first and second time, Keep your britches on. Now, I believe that we still need to preach holy living today. And I believe as Christians, we ought to still strive and have a desire to live holy. If, we are, if, 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 we're not, if we're not trying to live, if we don't have a desire and we, if we don't have a, 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 a longing to live holy, my goodness, I believe there's something wrong with the Christian individual. But I believe as a Christian, we ought to have that desire to live a holy life. Now, just as I mentioned, there's times we're going to fail. We're going to fall. But I still believe we ought to have that desire to live a holy life. Now you notice this, and he lost, he lost his innocence, and something, uh, something that will, he'll never, he'll never get back. Now you notice this in uh, verse number seventeen. Uh, notice what it says there. In verse seventeen, he lost his inheritance. Not only did he lose his innocence, but he lost his inheritance. Notice in verse seventeen it says, "And when he came to himself, he said." How many hired servants of my father's have bread enough to spare? And I perish with hunger. Now I believe, I believe that the father had given him the goods that befell him. And no doubt I believe it was, it was something worthwhile. I believe it was something that, that, could, that he could have lasted perhaps his whole life. But because of his righteous living, he squandered absolutely every bit of it. He had no food to eat. He had no uh, drink to drink. He didn't even have clothes upon his back. He had no place to lay his head. He lost absolutely everything that he had had. Now you think about that. He lost his inheritance. He lost everything that he had. Squandered every bit of it on righteous living. The Bible says, now you think about this. I believe that there are blessings that God has specifically for you. And God has specifically for me. But if I decide to go out here and live my life riotously... If I decide to go out here and live like the devil and live like the world, you know what I'm doing? I'm forfeiting the blessings of life of God in my life. I'm uh, casting those blessings aside and saying this is what I want more than the blessings of God. We've got to be careful tonight, church. Be careful not to squander what God has got in store for you. If you decide to go out here and live like the world, you're giving up the blessings of God. You think about it. He got what he wanted, but I believe he's missing out on what he needs and what, what he, and what he had. You think about it. You think about what you've got. 
Is it worth going out here and throwing it all away? Is it worth going out here and squandering every bit of it and, and cashing it in? Living like the devil and living like the world? We ought to hold on what God has given us. There's some things worth holding on to and worth fighting for tonight. You know, he blew it. He blew it and, and, and squandered every bit of it. Now, he lost his innocence and he lost his inheritance. And not only that, he lost his influence. You look in verse number 28 with me, if you will. Concerning the elder brother again, if you will, he says in verse 28, and says, And he was angry and would not go in, therefore came his father out and entreated him. Now you think that this brother, the older brother, knew his younger brother. And maybe there was a time looking back in life when he knew that the, the younger brother had a, had a testimony. He had a witness and he would stand and, and tell how he loved the father. But then when it come right down to it, he took what befell him and he went out and squandered every bit of it. And now basically what the older brother is saying, hey, I, he's, he's crossed the line with me. He, I, I, he's done lost his influence with me. I'm not going to listen to what this young boy has to say. You think about it. He lost his influence how how sad it is you know and I believe as I'm preaching today I, I, he left the father's house he lost his influence and he left the father's house and I believe this tonight while I'm preaching tonight I believe this very moment that there are people that is losing their influence because they're not being faithful to the house of God like they once were they decided that whatever it is out here in the world it's better than what God has for them in the house of God and they've turned their back and rejected God and now they're out in the world they've lost their influence they're losing their influence if they're not careful my goodness you think we've got to be careful not to lose not to lose our influence, not to lose our, our innocence, not to lose our, our inheritance, what God has in store for you, and not to lose our, our influence. You know, I thought about this. I thought about, you know, the, I've heard it said that every young person needs to hear, you may go out here and live it up for a while, but you'll never be able to live that down. You ever think about that? You think about it, that, that, that's something that will always go with you the rest of your life. And, and there, there are scars, you think about the scars, and you think about the hurt and, and the pain. If, if you decide to leave the things of God, you decide to leave being faithful to the house of God, you decide uh, being faithful in reading and studying your word, and you go out here and you live like the devil and live a righteous life, you're going to have scars and bruises that will go down with you the rest of your life. You know, some of the best testimonies that I've ever heard in my life is simply how God saved someone from alcohol and drugs and addictions and uh, fornication, whatever it may be. Some of the best testimonies I've ever heard is simply that. And you know what? Instantly, instantly God saved those people from those things. But you know what? Some of the best testimonies I've ever heard is when a little old boy can stand and say that God saved him when he was 10 years old and how that God has kept him down through the years. I ain't always been what I've needed to be, but I tell you this, God has always been to me what He said He would and then some. He's always been faithful to me. Some of the best testimonies that I can ever hear is simply this. They've been faithful to the house of God and they didn't turn their back and leave the church. 
Thank God for what He's done. I'm not up here patting myself on the back. I'm telling you what Jesus has done for me. Bless His holy name. God has truly been good to me, church. God has been good to me. And I love Him tonight and appreciate Him tonight. You know, in verse number 12, this man, this young boy had everything that he needed. He had a home. He had a house, a, a bed, no doubt, to lay his head. He had even the portions of, of, of goods that fell his way. But yet, two verses later, notice what happened. He lost, it don't take long. It don't take long. If you decide to turn your back on the Lord and you leave the church, you leave the things of God, it don't take long. You're going to lose it all. You're going to squander it all and, and be in what? Now I want you to notice this. I want to point out just, just a few uh, people in the, in the Scripture that perhaps got what they asked for, got what they wanted, and, and got what they desired, but maybe they missed out on what they needed. Maybe they, they missed out on what they already had. You ever think about that? Now, how many of you would agree with me tonight that God has blessed you today? God has certainly been good to you today. There's no, I don't have to convince you of that. God has been good to you. But you know, if we decide right now, and, and especially these young people, I'm convinced that some of these elders and the pillars within the church, you couldn't drag them, drag them out here with one of these dozers Rogers got, or Randy's got parked across the parking lot over here. But I thought about a few young people, no doubt God has been good to you. And if you decide to go out here and, and live a, a riotous life, live a, a, a life that is, is full of sin and, and, and hell-bound life, if you will, if you decide to do that, and then later on in life you d- decide to come back and praise God for that, if you do, but you know there's going to be some things that you'll never get back. There's going to be some things that you take with you, and you're going to drop them off along the way somewhere, and you'll never get those things back. My goodness, you think... I thought about Adam and Eve. You know, they had it made. They lived in a paradise. They lived in a perfect world. Could you imagine that? They lived in heaven, basically. And how that God Himself would come down in the cool of the day and have fellowship with them and have communion with them and walk with them and talk with them. And, and how that, and, and it's, you think about what they had. There that day. And you know, I believe that I believe there was a time when it, it was perfect. I believe there was a time, and I, I believe that, that had Adam and Eve not sinned in the garden that day, they would still be alive today. Life forever. I believe that. But because of sin, death fell upon man. Because of sin came in. Now, you think about, uh, you think about Adam and Eve. And how that, uh, no, no doubt because Eve looked out and seen that fruit. Now you think about this. Could you imagine her, Eve, going to Adam and saying, well, I've been talking to a snake. Could you imagine that? You can do that if you'd like, but you can find you another church. We don't have a box over here somewhere. and We're not going to pull a snake out and hand it around. You can have that if you want. 
But could you imagine Eve going and saying, well, I've been talking to the snake. And how she looked out and seen that fruit and, and she knew that, that it would make her wise and, and I believe she desired to have it and she lusted after it. And how that she took of that fruit and how that she gave to her husband and because of that, do you think, I, I believe that there was a time when there wouldn't have been a gray hair on the head. I believe that there was a time when there wouldn't have been a cemetery on the hillside. There was a time when there wouldn't have been a funeral home. There was a time, hey, there, there wouldn't even been preachers in that day. You think about it. There wouldn't be no need for preaching. It was a perfect world. It was a perfect life. And because of sin, my goodness, you think. Now we're out of fellowship with God. Now, now we, we've done cross the line with God and the angel come down and he banished them out. He, he throwed them out of the garden. And now... Sin has fell upon mankind. You think she got what she wanted. But you know, I thought about this. If we could have went to Eve and said, wait a minute, Eve. You don't realize it. You know, we can look back and see. And, it, and it's easy to look back and see the faults and failures. of. of and, and I believe what this is what God's Word is for. So that we don't make the same mistakes that some of these others did in, in, in this Word here. Now, could you imagine... Going to Eve and saying, wait a minute, Eve, you don't know, but, but just a few days to come, your eldest son is going to slay your younger son. Could you imagine telling her that? Could you imagine being able to go, on, wait a minute, don't do that. You don't know the price that you're about to pay for taking of that fruit. My goodness, you think. And how that, how that they hid themselves from the Lord because they knew that they had sinned. God told them not to do it. But yet they did. And how that they hid themselves and sewed the fig leaves together. Wonder if we was to ask Eve if it was worth the fruit. You think about it. Wonder if it was worth the fruit that she took for losing her fellowship with God. Losing her fellowship with God. You know God no longer come down and walked with them in the cool of the day. She got what she wanted. They got what they wanted, but they're missing out on what they already had. You know, what we've got right now with the Lord is more than what this world has to offer. I think we need to keep our eyes fixed on Jesus. Get our eyes off, off of the world. Now, in Hebrews, I want to read a, a verse here in Hebrews chapter 10 and verse 26. It says, For if we sin willfully, after that we have received the knowledge of the truth, there remaineth no more sacrifice for sins. My goodness. Was it worth Eve having the fruit to lose her fellowship with God? Still had the relationship, but the fellowship was missing. Notice this in Genesis chapter number 6. You'll find that Noah was building the ark. And if you read, I believe it's in Matthew chapter 24, uh, concerning uh, Noah and the ark, the Bible says that they were eating and drinking and marrying and giving in marriage, the Bible says. And I thought about that. I wondered, well, what, what's wrong with marriage? You know, marriage, marriage is a great thing. And how that God uh, ordained 
uh, marriage from the very beginning when He created Adam and Eve. But you know what? I believe that, that Jesus was, I believe, tying the two together. I believe that going back uh, to the days of Noah, tying the two ages together, if you will. Going back to the, the days when Noah was building the ark, the Bible says that they were uh, being the eating and drinking. And I, I believe that in one place, uh, Jesus said, I believe it was that their bellies were their gods, if you will, and how that they were uh, more interested in eating and doing and drinking and, and in, in serving and worshiping the Lord. And you think about this, and, and I believe that maybe perhaps what Jesus was referring to there in Matthew chapter 24 was uh, back in those days, perhaps maybe marriage was just like it is today. It means nothing to a lot of people anymore. And how sad that is. And my goodness, you think of the relationships that's hurting, the relationships that are broken. You think of the, the, the homes that are broken because of men, a man and a woman can't agree and can't get along together. The, the, the divorce. You know what? I understand that 50% of Christian marriages end up in divorce. And how sad that is. God didn't intend for it to be like that. God did not intend for it to be like that. But you think about the parties that they had and you think about uh, the, the, the things that they done back in the days of, of Noah in, in chapter number 6 of Genesis. You think about that. How that they squandered what God had, had given them. God gave them protection and how that they were more interested in the party life and, and that, that style of life. No doubt that when the floods came up, could you imagine God shut the door God shut the door on that ark. Could you imagine the sounds all around the side of that ark? Wanting to get in. But you know what? Noah couldn't have opened that door if he wanted to. Because God had shut it. They got what they wanted. But I believe they're missing out on what they already had and, and, and missing out on what, what they needed. Now, you think about Esau. You remember Esau... He sold his birthright. And how that, how that he was a hunter, the Bible says that he was a hunter and he was out in the field and, and he was hunting and he came in and, and he was about to faint. And here Jacob had that bowl of pottage. And how he asked, Esau asked Jacob for that pottage and Jacob said, well, you give me your birthright and you can have it. And how Esau was deceived and how, how that he... Give up what God had given him, his, his own birthright, but yet he got what he wanted. You think about that. You think about fulfilling the, the, the lust of the flesh in the moment. That very moment, he, he desired to fulfill that, that desire and that lust. And how he got what he wanted, but he missed out on what he already had. And you think, you think about how he missed out on. Uh, let me read in Hebrews again, chapter number 12. The Bible says in verse 17, it says this. Uh, it says, For ye know how that afterward, this is concerning Esau, it says, For ye know how that afterward, when he would have inherited the blessing, he was rejected, for he found no place of repentance, though he sought it carefully with tears. I believe that Esau had regrets for what it done. Let me just say this. If you decide to go out here and live like the world and squander what God has for you right now, 
I promise you this, you're going to have regrets. You're going to live with regrets every day of your life if you decide to turn your back upon the Lord. Now the last thing I want you to notice, I'll be done in just a moment, is simply this. You remember Judas. How Judas betrayed the Lord. The Bible says for 30 pieces of silver and with a kiss, Jesus was betrayed. And how that Judas got the coins, but he missed his chance. My goodness, you think. This world is money hungry. This world is nothing but trying to make a dollar. And it, it, it's about make, making a dollar and, and, and getting by. And you think about, you know, the Bible still says, last I read it, and the last I heard the Bible still says that the root of evil, the love of money, is the root of all evil. We've got to be careful, church. You know, the, the Bible also says in Mark chapter 8, and I believe it's verse 36, that what shall we gain? You think about that. If we were to gain this whole world, what shall we benefit if we was to gain this whole world but lose our very soul? You can go out here and get what you want, but is it truly what you need? And is it truly worth giving up what you've got right now? You know, you may look around and, and say, well, I don't have much. I barely got enough clothes to put on my back. I barely got an, uh, a shoe to put on my foot. You think about it. I barely got food in the refrigerator and in the, in the cabinet. You think about that. I barely got this. I barely got that. But let me just say this. You can take this whole world, but give me Jesus. I heard a, a fellow say one time that you couldn't starve him to death on a flat rock. God is going to take care of him. Wasn't it David that said, I once was young, now I'm old. Yet have I not seen the righteous forsaken or his seed begging bread. You know what? I'm dependent upon him tonight. I'm not dependent upon, upon my employment. I'm not dependent upon my bank account. I'm not dependent upon my health or on my wife or on my family. But I am solely dependent upon the Lord Jesus tonight. He's all that I need and He's all that you need tonight. You can go out here and get whatever you want. I'm convinced of it. You can go find whatever you want. And no doubt you can achieve that and you can obtain that today. But is it worth losing what you've got right now? Is it worth giving up what, what the Lord has given you right now? Would you stand with me tonight? You know, I believe it'd be best that we stop living for what we want and start living for what we need in our life. If you have a burden tonight, if you have a need, why don't you come tonight? And why don't you lay those burdens and those needs upon the altar and know that there's a God in heaven that's going to supply your every need according to His riches in glory. He owns the cattle. On a, he's rich tonight. Bless His holy name. He's got all that you need tonight, church. Whatever you need, Jesus is the answer.